With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was actually doing uh, Bad, Blind, and <laughs> Stop, Beautiful. We're live. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 28, season 2 of Red Wings Red. Uh, we're tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Uh, uh, Mike, we're going to be talking about that victory, the improbable uh, victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, we're going to go over some of the uh, uh, fun questions I was asking on Twitter this week, and uh, what else was there? There's some ESPN fun, so Svechnikov fun, and there's something else, so uh, stick around to find out what that is so Matt doesn't have to scroll down too far uh, to see it. Uh, Bye, Mike. No face, Tampa Bay. Woo! That was a hot mic, man. We gotta do some business first. Yeah. All right. That's cool. You know why? Yeah, because it's time for the macho madness. Yeah. Uh, the biggest tournament is finally here. Woohoo! I mean, it's basketball. I mean, we're here for hockey, but uh, you know, we gotta do the business. All right. So I'm sorry. All right. Just put just win some money in basketball. And I come hey, back and watch a real sport like hockey. All right, here yeah, we go. Well, hockey, hockey comes out with a, a tournament that stops planet Earth. Uh, we'll, we'll be covering that tournament. Literally, um, everybody was going to be fine with COVID. Yeah, everyone was going to be fine with COVID last year. And then the NCAA tournament got canceled. And everyone's like, oh, I guess it's real. Well, okay. Now I believe in COVID. <laughs> All right. So uh, we don't know who's going to be cutting down the nets at the end of this tournament. We don't cut down nets in hockey. All right, those are expensive. All right, I don't know if you've ever bought a hockey net. We used to have one when we were kids. My God, it was expensive. So we don't do it. Basketball, they do it all the time. They got nets galore. Anyway, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's true. Look up top-rated sportsbook app. Yes, it is DraftKings. Uh, they're putting uh, a nice offer out there for you new customers, old customers, your old hat. Sorry. New guys, coming aboard, coming aboard, right over here. Step right up, win some money. This is where you get to be the center of the action. Turn $4, this many, into $256. That's a lot more fingers than this. And uh, if your underdog wins, bing, bing, bingo, bingo, right? There we go. <laughs> so turn those $4 into $256. It's uh, 64 to 1 odds. My God. Every dollar you bet could turn into $64. That's I, I would really like that. I'm going to be doing some house remodeling. My money is gonzo. All right. So pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. I think that next line is yours. This is when we transition. Uh, but I, yeah, I can take it. There's okay. no what? better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to, to turn $4 into $256. If the underdog of your... They're choosing pulls off the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time, only only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Mike, just use that THPN yes. promo code. Unlocks a bunch of exclusive offers. That's what you got to know. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh all right, you ready to wrap up? We'll sail off. Oh, we just talked uh DraftKings just... for five minutes. Jesus. All right. All right. Let's uh, uh where let's were we? Talk oh yeah, we were we were caffeinated. We were caffeinated for that lightning. Uh spanking. We gave him man. Two games, Red Wings got three points out of it. My god, who would have thought that would happen? Uh Vasilevsky shaking his head, uh the coaching staff shaking their head, Matt. What happened? How did the lightning 
just get their uh, pants dropped well, in a big red wing pattern on their butt cheeks. My, uh, when I put together my keys for the game, I said uh, in the first game, uh, it, the third key was pray to the hockey gods. And we talked about that in the last game. They actually answered our prayers and gave us a pretty crap goaltending game. Uh, and then in the second game preview, I said, well, sorry, guys, this is it. Because the hockey yeah. gods answered us uh, that first game and it just didn't work out. But Mike's, this is, this is it. This is it. This is where the hockey gods said, no, we tried in that first game and you Red Wings didn't get it done. So yeah. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, but you guys will not be able to stop a single puck tonight. The Red Wings are winning this game. And that's exactly what happened uh, because, Mike, I, I gave the list here. Uh, we, we were dominated from every sense of the game, from high danger chances, from possession, and in regards to Corsi. I mean, Mike, look at listen to these numbers. This is, this is like – you base Corsi and, and you call it possession because you're throwing the puck at the net, right? That's how you build Corsi attempts. So you get those Corsi attempts yeah. by throwing the puck at the net. That's why you call it possession. So that first period, Red Wings had the puck for 29% of the time. Second period, 45% of the time. We did, we did a little bit better. We were almost that even. Mike, the third period, the Corsi attempts were 19 to 1. That's 5% of the time, Mike, we had the puck in the third period. And we still pulled out a victory when you measure pdo your measure and this is where like puck luck and praying to the hockey gods comes into play right that's what we've always called pdo is the yeah. puck luck stat you're talking about jonathan bernier stopping everything coming at him and mcelhenny not being able to stop a single goddamn thing because we only threw like 20 pucks at the net and we got six goals that's where PDO comes into play. That's where it tells the whole story, where the Red Wings had a save percentage through the roof and a shot percentage through the roof. That was all about the hockey gods, the, the all the bounces. But, I mean, it's two straight, right? Like, if you had to pick two games this year that the Red Wings were going to get three points out of a possible four, yeah, we have to at least celebrate that it was against the <clears> Lightning, <throat> and that, that's pretty goddamn fun. Yeah. I, uh, anyways, you know, right, I Mike. always appreciate when you throw the, <laughs> I don't know why you always do that, but I was going to say that, uh, you know, there's the deep cut stuff that you gave us, but for me, a third grader, just trying to figure out, you know, some of the, some of the numbers here, um, the power play opportunities were bananas in this game. Uh, Red Wings 0 for 4, which kind of what we expect. Lightning 1 for 6. And for me watching this game, 10 penalties is, is quite a few. Um, you know, the Lightning after, uh. After the Red Wings, uh, you know, game of bare butt spanking, uh, took out their aggression on the Predators, and it was a really disciplined game. They just dominated five on five, and they had one pet, uh, power play apiece. So, I guess what I'm getting back to is watching that game. It didn't look like there was undisciplined play. It just looked like the forwards on both sides were so aggressive uh, that you couldn't help but take penalties to try and prevent, you know, more scoring chances from happening. So this. I would look at that number as more of a, an indicator of how badly these teams were trying to score, uh, that there were so many opportunities that you, you had to do something, even, uh, you know, take an illegal play uh, to put somebody in a box instead of giving up a free goal. Um, it was, you know, uh, I, I would say the two teams that are the most fun to watch as a Red Wing fan, because, you know, we know our team's, you know, not quite at, you know, playoff, playoff level yet, but, Watching us play against Chicago and watching us play against the Lightning, there's something about watching uh, that kind of back and forth, like aggressive score, like goal scoring uh, mentality. Um, you know, it's it's not sitting back on your he heels and turtling, you know, and limiting scoring chances. Um, something about playing the Lightning and their wide open style, like it it makes the Red Wings want to do that, um, and it it made for a much more interesting viewing experience. Um, you know, for the fan and somebody, you know, come together to put a podcast together. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lightning still look dominant. They still look like they controlled the puck. All the numbers are there to support it. Um, but for whatever reason, the Red Wings were somehow able to make the most of their uh, 23 shot opportunities and almost, man, they were, they were really close to going uh, 50% if they just had a few less shots. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, there's still pl players on the Lightning who are standing out and playing Lightning hockey. It's not like they were, you know, rolling over and dying. I, it was, 
it was just one of the Red Wings' better efforts. And like you said, there was puck luck for sure. But uh, man, I uh, I regret not not recording this game to rewatch it. Like the uh, the entertainment level is really high on this one. Or at least like just betting the over, like um, that would have been nice. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, we, yeah. we certainly destroyed the over in that game, and that I think that was. Uh, uh, I should apologize right off the bat here because I think we do have a delay. Uh, I'm getting uh, delayed reactions from Mike, so that's uh, I'm going to throw that out there uh, as we're recording. Uh, so I do apologize. I think that's uh, that's Matt's internet, but. Um, uh, shoot, what was I just talking about before I distracted myself? Um, yeah, what? that uh, PDL, Mike, I, just for the sake of, uh, just, <laughs> just for the sake of giving everybody, like, perspective on what's going on here. Uh, the Red Wings beat the Hurricanes, uh, uh, so this is the second game of the season, January 16th. Our, our best PDO game before Thursday was 113%, so that's a combined shot and save percentage of 17%. And 96 uh, 17 shot percentage, 96 save percentage. Boom. Best PDO game of the season before this past Thursday. Where Bernier turns in a 93, almost 94 save percentage, and the shot percentage is 31.25%. Uh, you'd pretty much have to double up that first game that I mentioned for us to even sniff that number. But that's, I mean, if you. If you put us in order of our highest PDO games, it, it almost it, it's it's completely reflective of where the shot percentage is at because that's how they 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 rank. So when we get that shot percentage to be just normal, this team is very very formidable, and uh, it's it's just something like I, I know we're going to talk about it later in the show, but you have success, right? You put up six goals against the Lightning. Uh, but when you're looking for those higher shot percentages, you wonder why a guy like Svechnikov gets set down. Uh, but we'll yeah. get into that in a minute. Um, um, yeah, the other other thing we have to uh, just at least touch on uh, was how dominant Anthony Mantha looked. Um, whether he was, you know, forechecking, getting plays going, uh, he scored, he got two assists. Um, and he's part of that play that uh, kind of had Mickey Redman, you know, falling out of his chair because it was so uh, creative. Um you know, because we know a lot of the Red Wing offense has just kind of been, well, we'll dump it in the backboards and, you know, maybe we'll hungry, hungry hippo a goal into the net. Um, but he basically had like a golf chip shot uh, from the from the red line, you know, into the Tampa Bay Lightning zone uh, to get a play started. And it's it's just the kind of creativity I would expect out of the Lightning. And we haven't we haven't really seen you know, it was such a deliberate, like, you know, sand wedge shot, you know, in golf. Bloop. Um I don't know. I don't know uh, what brought out all this, uh, um, you know, effort. Uh, you know, maybe Mantha's just, you know, starting to get a little bit healthier here. And, you know, you look up and, you know, it's uh, one of the top teams in the league. And it just looked like a switch was flipped. And very encouraging. Again, uh, I know the game itself was really fun to watch. But watching Mantha look like Mantha again uh, made us feel like maybe there's some hope. And maybe we don't have to keep reading and, you know, uh, listening to uh, the pundits talk about, you know, Red Wings fielding offers for Mantha. And instead, you know, games like this make us feel like, well, maybe he actually is a building block, you know, if he's going to keep contributing like this. It was uh, very encouraging stuff, Matt. Or, I mean, you just get better offers on the table because he plays like this. That's a... Uh... Could be. <laughs> official official statement from the Red Wings Rant podcast. All right. Um, yeah, that does put him at uh, 13 points in, in 27 games uh, this season. I mean, still, uh, we had our midseason grades come out this year, uh, or I'm sorry, this week. And uh, yes, there's a version 2.0 coming out because Matt doesn't have an editor until somebody close to him reads it and says, wow, this is real shit. There's a lot of typos in it. I did um, not use right, that so word. So there's a 2.0 coming out. Yeah. I wasn't even going to say it was you, uh, but now everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> any hoozles. Um, yeah, that, I, like what what was great for me and what I put in uh, in, in the midseason grades, and like I said, we'll get into it in a second. I, I, gave, I gave Mantha a C plus and basically saying, look, the effort's there, but this is, this is the $5.7 million Mantha. 
we've we have yet to see the 5.7 million dollar man that produced like a 5.7 million dollar man that should have been expected to it's fine that the effort's there but the effort is also there from the likes of darren helm so i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna reward mantha the same way uh but this is yeah this is a great example of what we want to see from mantha going forward obviously but it's also to say that he had a three-point night and right now he still sits at less than half a point per game is exactly why he got a C plus. I, I think uh, we just need to see more, more like this. And uh, for anybody making the argument, like you can't get rid of an Anthony Manta, you absolutely can because the guys that you're keeping around that are going to get paid as high as Manta does need to make uh, like the eye popping difference. They, they can't be, the guy that you're trying to say is making a difference on the analytics side when really what we, if you go ahead and read the midseason grades, he's really not there. He's not there in the elite numbers for, for an analytics performance. He's there in a serviceable performance. Uh, but then if you just take the hard numbers, just take a look at the goals and the assists, uh, that's where we need those numbers to kick up. Um, so I guess two, two, Two sides to that, right? Uh, the three points, great to see. Love to see the empty net assist with uh, Nemistikov. I, I thought that was a really nice play. That's that's one of those plays that should go in the highlight reel and, and won't for any player. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, that that's the other point too, right? I mean, three points, one of them was an empty net assist. Um, so, eh, I, I, I think know, it would have been funny if uh, – I think it would have been funny if Nemesnikov pa passed it back, and he's like, "I don't need an empty net goal. You take it." Man, this delayed I, reaction I is killing me. I want to ask you about that. Like, how would you feel? <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> yeah, you think I, um, you think I need an empty net goal? Paint the picture yeah. for everybody. <laughs> just paint that picture. <laughs> I think what's going on is. Uh... I have extra people in the house because somebody's going to be babysitting uh, the baby girl. And I think everybody's just decided we're going to connect to the Wi-Fi. And uh, my my wife is also doing a, a conference uh, online this weekend, which is why we have a babysitter Ooh. coming over so I can record my silly podcast and she can do her conference. But that also means all mm. of our Wi-Fi is being sucked into one area of the house. And uh, Matt's Matt's uh, been hoping Xfinity was going to answer one of these days to bring some internet into this office, like a hard cable, uh, so they can help me out. But uh, hey, yeah. here, here we are. Uh, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, sometimes you'll be recording. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rough, Matt. Uh, I thought it was going to be me. I was uh, not only getting us ready for uh, uh, our, our first Who's That Pokemon in three episodes. Um, I also had Pokemon Go open, so it could also be me. I don't know. I'm letting Xfinity know I'm in the midst of catching a Thunderous, I, which is a I new legendary Pokemon at the raids. I would absolutely you guys already know. that. I, 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 I actually turn off the Wi-Fi on my phone every time that we record, so I would highly recommend, Mike, because I just realized that my internet is at a it's It's got the 100%, the three bars. So, yeah, if it's anybody, now that I'm looking at it, it's, uh, it's the guy who's playing Pokemon Go while we're recording. Oh it's weird. I'm, I'm trying to also download Red Dead Redemption 3 and uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 at the same time. I don't know if those are playing a part. Um, none of those things are actually going on, man. I just wanted you to feel better. I'm sorry. Um, but what would a Red Wings rant episode be oh, without sorry. a uh, detour <laughs> and uh, non-sequiturs and um, you know anecdotes that don't relate to hockey? Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we got to touch on Mantha there. And, uh, man, if he has another three-point night tonight, are you going to redo your grades? Uh, no, because <clears throat> the mid-season point has passed. So he can absolutely <laughs> do better in the second half. Can, so can you do your, uh, you know, 51% of the way through the season grades and then boost Mantha up to a B? See, that's – you know what? I'm glad you're bringing that up because I don't understand what everybody's hang-up is with having the conversation about making sure that everyone on this – I know you're not necessarily saying that, but I, I'm just – I've seen some of our rival podcasts say, you know, certain things like uh, I, I, 
you know, where where are the Anthony, Anthony Manta trade, I don't know, truthers tonight? And I just, it's not about needing to trade Anthony Manta. It's about all of these guys are, are pieces that if you get the right trade, you absolutely take it because we're, we're not in that realm of like winning next year. So if there's something that sure, you know, the timetable, you got to think that Iserman's mind has, you know, he has an idea when Cider and Lucas Raymond are going to be stepping up and that timetable hits that peak. Like that's where we're like, all right, everything's coming together. Now we sign free agents. Now we make that huge trade. We, we lose a draft pick because we're going to bring somebody from another team. All that stuff is going to come around at the same time. And you, you still look at Anthony Manta and see by the end of this contract, he's going to be statistically at the, the part where he's declining in his career, especially from a production standpoint. So do you need a guy eating up $5.7 who will statistically be on the decline? Do you need that? Absolutely no, you don't, you don't need that. I get where everybody's standpoint is uh, of wanting to keep him because I don't want to lose him, but I do want this team to eventually be with as few problem, as few issues as possible uh, when moving forward. And, I mean, if I needed an example to say that issues can pop up in, in Mantha's play, we've seen the injuries and now we've seen where, where we kept saying at the start of the season, hey, we get to see a full season out of Anthony Mantha this year. Um, I mean, I guess we're a game short of that. But the production is completely dropped off. Uh, so, like, what what argument are we seeing that, the, that this is like a for sure guy, don't put him, you know, you can't trade him. And that that's the conversation. I, I, I think there's... There's 99% of the guys on this team can be traded. And and you were mentioning, Mike, before we even started, I think you said Stetcher, his big comment was the best player on the team is Jonathan Bernier. He is absolutely on the trade block. Um, so, I mean, if Bernier is on the trade block, I, I just don't – I don't know what game we're playing. I don't know if we're just too afraid to admit that, you know, this, this is going to be longer than two years, like – We've got a lot. We got a lot of time to go before everything kind of wraps together. Um, so if that means Anthony Mantha's outside of that that timetable, and we've been saying this, Mike, since the very first episode of Red Wings rant, or I guess at the time it was a different name. I just you yeah. got to keep that conversation open. There. Yeah, I mean. Um... I think you keep it open because uh, he still has uh, that potential. Um, you know, we've he's got a resume that I think he would still be impressed by. He's still got size that you'd be impressed by. You see a game like he has against the Lightning, and you can see that, you know, there's still the bones of a really good NHL player in there. Um, and then you're basically just saying, you know, are the Red Wings, you know, are our, our top prospects going to be ready in time for, you know, when Mantha's contract is up um, and thinking about, you know, Mantha's potential, thinking about how his, his contract is not otherworldly. You know, we talked about how his, his salaries, you know, uh, at least a cut or two beneath, you know, like an elite level uh, player salary. So that means it's movable, it's tradable. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, a guy like that, you know, a team that's, you know, uh, a little bit closer to actually contending to win, you know, a Stanley Cup. Um, those are the teams you would field offers for, you know, uh, two pieces, essentially, some prospect and a first-round pick. Because um, I, I think with the way Mantha's age is, uh, his contract, um, how many years you would still have control over him, um, you would still field those kind of offers. Obviously, we're not saying that, you know, uh, like our boy Bobby Ryan, uh, you know, probably at best, probably a second or third by itself. You're not going to get two pieces for him. It's just the way the, you know, he's he's on an expiring deal. Um, you know, he's older. So that's that's kind of the realm where you're trading him, right? But with Mantha, I, I, if you're getting two pieces, absolutely listen to that deal. But, you know, until then, be patient. Right. <clears throat> no, and that, that's a great point. Like, it's, it's not about making sure you get rid of him at all costs. Like, it, right. That's that's a whole other thing. No, we're not making that or, argument ever. or whatever you no. can. It, it's about. Right. 
Um, all right. So uh, before we move on, Mike, I think uh, I think we could get one of these uh, get one of these hockey podcast network ads out of the way. Uh, it's it's our boys uh, who are covering the Nashville Predators. All right, who, who has a problem with the Predators? Nobody. Really? Last time we were doing Chicago Blackhawks ads, and everybody everybody's pretty upset because who wants to listen to the Blackhawks? But this is this is the sweet cuddly. Can't win a cup, Nashville Predators. Uh, so let's, let's take a list. Let's make sure this works. I'll bring up their logo here in a second. Uh, can you hear that? Like the kaleidoscope music? What's up, y'all? And greetings from the hockey city of Smashville, home of the Nashville Predators, and home to a new hockey podcast, the Catfish and Ice Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Join hosts Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen every week as we bring to you hard-hitting and unfiltered Nashville Predators hockey analysis, while also diving into the entertainment and music world here in Music City. We have a lot of fun doing it. Now is the time to join us for the ride, hockey fans. New episodes of the Catfish and Ice podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Download the Catfish and Ice podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Ooh. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to that. Uh, Got to fade it out. It's, uh, a little, we always like to throw in a little bit of advice for our Hockey Podcast Network brethren. Fade out that music. All right. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Oh, my God. Mike, our stupid notes page just signed me out. All right. Uh, <laughs> give me one second. Jesus. Yeah, you're going to – I think you're going to do uh, – was it our right. Be the Mike, GM? Mike, if you want to take it – uh, so what were you we doing? have a couple of polls that we want to talk about. Uh, they're not Ted's decision on what uh, the NHL is going to do with their app and website. But I, I was wondering, and I threw it out to the people, and um, if if the NHL, now working with ESPN and Disney and Hulu, and that's where uh, a lot of the streaming access is going to go, uh, no more NHL.tv. What, uh, yeah. Mike, what do you want to see the NHL work on? Now, I asked specifically about the website and the app, uh, and I threw out a couple of options for what they could uh, upgrade. But if you want to take anything, like, across the NHL, it doesn't have to be focused on the website or the app, uh, what, uh, you know, what would you upgrade uh, in, in that regard? Well, you listed out a couple options, um, the speed, the analytics, the engagement. Um I guess what I would do is take um, see what kind of uh, engagement with minor league hockey. Uh, see what we can do there. Um, speaking from you know a co-host of a podcast of a team that has been uh, in the very craters of the NHL, uh, not the cool Kraken like craters that Seattle's going to crawl out of. The the literal literal literal. Uh, <laughs> just had a, a fun <laughs> moment there. Um, I would want to see, um, make it a little bit easier for me to just sit down and watch games. Um, you know, there are prospects are playing in, um, uh, whether that is the, the teams abroad, whether that is, you know, uh, more grand rip rapids, uh, broadcasts, um, uh, that's, what's really appealing to me. And, you know, there's, there's obviously <laughs> There's a third of the league up at the top, and they're going to get nationally broadcast games. Um, now they're actually going to be on ESPN with their big contract, of course. But um, I know it's something the NBA has been doing a pretty good job with as far as um, like promoting the, the G League um, and making it a lot easier for you to kind of watch uh, prospects grow and develop uh, for your favorite teams. Um and then the league has also been promoting guys uh, who play in the G League. Uh, so even if you're not a hardcore fan, they still try and promote, you know, guys who are skipping a year of college or, you know, did just one year and instead, you know, signed into this league to get experience against, um, you know, borderline professionals. So I think for me, that would uh, that, that would be something if they could really um, make that easy to um, view obtain and get addicted to, I would be checking, you know, more prospect uh, highlights, statistics, um, and analysis. I think that would be a really cool addition for me. 
I'd already wonder if that would be something that would fall under, you know, now we're back in the streaming conversation, right? Um, but I, I know, like, if you need, if you want minor league stuff, like, you just have to go to, like, the AHL website. Like, they have pretty robust, and uh, I shouldn't say analytics, but the statistics are there. Uh, like, we can we can follow along with anybody in the Griffins if we want to see where they're at with uh, more than just points. But uh, Well, if I uh, may, one of the yeah. things – I'm not a huge baseball fan anymore, um, mm-hmm. but they used to have um, – not a daily article. It's way too much. And then it's, as a prospect, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get much out of one game. You want to see uh, – you know, as Ken Cal is, you know uh, – uh, uh, Sermon, the, the Ken Cal Sermon when he was on our show – uh, one of the things he preached was, you know, look at a look at a larger sample size, look at trends, you know, don't go game to game. So one of the things that uh, Detroit News uh, was really good at is giving you like a, a weekly or 10 day report on minor league, um, uh, you know, the the going ons of, you know, the the stars that you were the future stars. So I think kind of that connection instead of having that that separation of, well, you can just go to the minor leagues or you can do the NHL. They did it where it just kind of felt like one seamless, you know, this is the Detroit entity. So I think that's sense. one spot they could kind of, you know, uh, get those together instead of having to specialize one or the other. Now, if we were to focus on the app and the website, uh, we had a tie, uh, which was robust analytics and speed of use. And, uh, of course, that's in reference to how crappy uh, <laughs> what the statistics they throw out there. Uh, like what's available, how bad that is. But also, like, if you want to find something, not only does this website take forever to just load up, but, I mean, it's, it's incredibly hard to just find a player and their goal. Like, it, I, I think uh, it was on uh, the Puck Soup podcast where they did a live, you know, let's see what we can find, and it would take, like, eight clicks to see a box score and uh, a player point total. So, that, I mean, that's too many clicks. There should be one click if, you, if you're looking for something, or maybe two. Uh, so I, I, I like that. I, I like at least the, the accessibility being a little bit easier. That, that's where, like we talked last week, like if, if you're going to do, if you're the NHL, I guess you want to focus on hockey first. And if you can give away some of these other responsibilities, which I know Gary Bettman's not working on the website, so that's key number one. But uh, you can start to allocate your budget differently. If, um, if that's where the streaming's going, and somebody's paying for those rights to take care of them uh, or to like take care of what, what those games are going to, where they're going to land. Uh, so now you're being paid for that to be taken care of. Uh, so now you don't have to worry about that NHL TV, just worry about the website. Now, so that's, that's kind of where this came from. Uh, I, I'm hoping that this will follow along with me as I move around. All right. Uh, so poll number two, Mike. Um, and of course I'm jumping around at BOD hockey. Sveshnikov gets sent down. To the Griffins. And I threw out there, are we owed a real explanation for the demotion of the likes of Evgeny Svechnikov? Um, Mike, the point being, we know we're in for a lot of losing. And even though we beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, we were given quite a terrible save percentage the game before, and we still couldn't prevail. Um, Though we did get to overtime. Uh, long story short, yeah. this is going to be a team that struggles, and we need something to be excited about. So if Svechnikov is somebody that gets us excited, we're tweeting about him, we're checking his stats every game, we're checking the lineups every game to see when he cracks the top four and isn't just an extra guy, isn't that something you'd want to keep around for fun? I don't know if the Red Wings are just saying that his defense is so abhorrent uh it's a detriment to the and it's not the only other explanation is if his defense is not abhorrent and i mean we have some pretty rough defenders so i mean you you got a pretty high bar of ineptitude you got a, a hurdle uh to make that the reason so the only other thing i could think of is he's scoring too much and they're afraid that we're gonna lose some ping pong balls uh for the draft that's that's really all i can think of um but uh, like you said, you know, they didn't really give us a satisfactory explanation. Um, the only thing I could think of is that they are really trying to juggle having the right roster set up uh, to accommodate the expansion draft for Seattle. 
Um, and that's where they might have some kind of weird hoops to go through as they would have to put maybe different guys on waivers if they're playing too many, you know, young guys at once. Um, I don't know if, if that's going to make an impact, Matt, because uh, I'm trying to remember the rules for that, but you had to have so many forwards who've got, um, you know, X amount of years of experience, and then they have X amount of years left on their contract. Um, so, I mean, because what we'd be doing is taking Sveshnikov and trying to say, well, let's, you know, maybe, you know, say goodbye to one of our assistant captains um, without naming names. Uh, <laughs> but um, is that what's going on, Matt? Is it, do you think it's kind of Seattle? This is kind of like big picture and they're something along those lines. Probably. But I guess the conversation is like, don't we want to just not have it be where we're, we're speculating about, and we're making jokes too about uh, like, is, is the issue they just don't like Svechnikov's shot percentage is too high for this team. Um, <laughs> like take that factor out of it, take the guessing out of it. And um you know, our buddy Darren, uh, he was he was telling us uh, we got to wait. Oh, ah! friend of the show, Darren McCarty, uh, was telling there us we go. have to wait a year. Um, <laughs> you guys want to look out? Uh, we've we've uh, we might have uh, the old uh, legendary grindliner uh, coming on the podcast coming April. Uh, but anyway, who's um, he was saying you gotta you gotta wait till next year, not. I, I think I want to take it uh, from a, a perspective of this this team is struggling so hard that we we got new draft rules, right? Or they're talking about new draft rules. Not, nothing. It's all speculation at this point. So if we talked about it, it'd pretty much just be us going, yeah, it'd be great once they announce it and let's see what they actually announce. Uh, but point of me bringing that up is everybody's talking about the new draft rules and they say it revolves around the Red Wings because they should have gotten the first pick because of how historically terrible they were. So nationally, Mike, not, not just locally where we feel like game to game nationally, everybody feels bad for us. We are that bad. It is historically that bad, but we also know we want to give Iserman all the time in the world to figure this out. So for us to continue to tune in, I think we, we need to stop taking these little things away from us, taking away the Giovanni Smiths, taking away the special, the uh, Taro Horoses, like they weren't performing bad. Like they had actual numbers that were going in. The actuals were good. The actuals were on their side and the expected statistics were on their side where you, you measure like what's going on. What's being thrown at the ice? Are they doing a good job defensively? I just it, like, I, you're, you're, you're right. There's something to it that we just don't know. And I think there's a big connection to most of these decisions revolving around uh, the expansion draft. But a lot of that, you know, was pointed out by Max Boltman earlier in the week that the, these guys can still be picked up. It's about you, you give guys games uh, to to make the number of forwards that you're make that are that are eligible uh, to be uh, what I want to say. Um, prevented from from the pickup like that that's where you build up these games but you know really a lot of these guys are they can be picked up by seattle no problem so i, I don't know if it's about hiding them if it's about well this guy's playing well so we don't want him to look too good but i i wouldn't mind that conversation i wouldn't mind hearing that um and i i think i i get i get it from like every gm before has never you know it would be unprecedented for, for a GM to come out and say, look, I called down this guy because this, this, and this. We've never got fans in general have never gotten that explanation. But I just I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is these are these are hard times, Mike, as as Dusty Rhodes would say. Uh and uh I, I just sometimes you need you need something you need some give back uh so that it, it's a little bit easier to stomach game to game. Even after a loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, I still think um, to see it, to know that Svechnikov is something exciting coming up for the next game, or there's that possibility that his team leading points per 60 could continue to grow. Like, that's what I want. That's what I need right now. I don't, I don't need a six to four win where McElhenney has the worst game of his career. What does that do for us and knowing that we're growing in the future? It's what it's fleeting, Mike. It's, it's, it's a win. It's a win in modern warfare, like Warzone, right? 
you win in Warzone, and then you immediately start another game, and you've completely forgotten that you just won. You don't get to hold on to that victory. It's gone. So give me something <laughs> else. Give me something that's, that's got some some length to it, some time. Yeah, I don't know if uh, we haven't really gotten a, an argument that we uh, or a you know a a, a reason uh, for the send downs. Um, the only thing I could really think is that you know maybe at Grand Rapids these guys are you know letting them get twenty minutes a game, something like that. So they see more value in these guys being the you know quote top liner in you know uh, Beer City for twenty minutes rather than playing you know ten minutes in Detroit. Um, but it's <laughs> my problem with that. If that's the issue, uh, is especially with the Tampa Bay game, uh, you know, we had Larkin double shifting. Uh, he played about, I think he played 20 to 21 minutes. He's playing defenseman minutes, um, against Tampa Bay. And then basically across the board, the rest of the Red Wings played about, you know, 12, 13 minutes. And so if we're going to go by that logic, I mean, Evgeny would have been right there. He would have been doing his usual 13 minutes. So he's not playing, you know, a third of a game. He's, you know, not really playing a fourth of a game. You know, he's not doing 15. Uh, I I think he would have been right on uh, par with uh, the rest of the team. So it's, there's just something baffling there. I, I uh, it, it feels like it would get some more eyeballs on the product. Um, it feels like, you know, at this point, let's just see what it looks like against NHLers, uh, chellers, if you will. Um, <laughs> I just don't know. I don't have the ammunition uh, to make the argument on the other side. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah I, I think that that's where everybody keeps landing. Like, that's where we run out of, like... <laughs> steam where it's just like i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on well, I, I what, just, i'll give because uh, one thing blashell said too was uh, about the power play um you know he was saying that you know if, if i have evgeny up he's gonna lose those power play minutes um you know to our our top two power play lines you know who've been sizzling all season uh so maybe <laughs> maybe that's what they were getting at is uh you know evgeny's gonna just man the power play in grand rapids that's that's it. I'm just, you know, trying to see what sticks. Uh, that's that's the one case I could make, I guess. No, and I, I, you're you're totally right. Like if we needed to, if we're if we're trying to figure out what's going on, we have those three, you know, maybe four things to pick from, but none of them feel good enough. You know, it's just uh, that's that's where it's still. Eh. Uh, I do got to throw out there, Mike. We got a comment quite a while ago from uh, Stephen Jack. Uh, Get rid of Blash, one hundred percent, Jack. Steve, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's gone. Just there's no point. I mean, we this. I, I think we've exhausted this conversation, but um, there's no point to doing it right now. It's it's the exact opposite conversation of like what you bring in. You keep Sveshnikov on the team because it's exciting, uh, but a new coach is not exciting, and it doesn't do like we're we're going to be in that realm of either having an interim coach that makes zero difference. And we're also scrambling during all these COVID protocols to, to find a replacement. Um, and then we're bringing in a guy who's just going to lose with this team because there's not a ton of talent there. So, I, yes, he'll be gone. We don't think he's the best coach in the world, but uh, he will be gone. And that's where we're, we're kind of exhausted on the point and throwing it out there. It's because we all know he's going to be gone. And it's just a matter of waiting till the season's over um if anybody thinks Blashill should stick around uh or if they think he's immediately going to get scooped up by you know a playoff contender um it's just not it's unfortunately not going to happen uh for Jeff uh I think that's just the long and short of it yeah I think uh I would try to you know get in the shoes of Iserman and uh you know Steve obviously sees um, you know, even when he's signing, you know, free agents in the off season and he explains to them, look, buddy, I really appreciate you coming here. And I appreciate it so much. Uh, when we're in the toilet, if I get a good offer for, you, I can send you to a playoff team, I'm going to do it. So he kind of knows going into this season, it's, it's going to be rough. Um, knowing that, uh, you know, even his best players are probably not going to be here very long. He's going to try and flip them into, you know, assets, uh, for something more long-term. He knows the talent level on this team. So 
he, I believe he said it uh, very coyly because you don't want to say that your your coach is a, a lame duck. Um, but you know he understands that. He, I I don't think Scotty Bowman could be behind the bench um, and you know get this team into the playoffs. Um, it's a you know it's a, a talent thing. It's a growth thing. Um, we have a lot of guys that are you know either at the end of their careers or they haven't quite started to the point where they're playing at their peaks. So you're basically playing with the the two worst possible ways where we're still waiting for a few of these older contracts to, you know, finish out. And we're still waiting for these younger guys to get to a point where they're, you know, consistent, um, you know, top level guys. So um, I, I know Blashville sometimes frustrates us with uh, kind of that. Uh, the, I think it was Boggle when you had all the letters in a little plastic bubble and you pop it and then all the letters would go out and that, Kind of feels like how he does his, his lines uh, sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would just be patient. And, uh, you know, we should be able to get to that um, after this season. So, uh, final uh, segment, I think, uh, since uh, we're, we've got a Carolina Hurricanes game later today. So, if you're listening to this Monday, you're kind of wondering, why aren't we talking about it? Well, I think, I think we're in the realm now of the season, Mike, where we don't have to go game by game and – Scott's ins and outs. Uh, you right. referenced Ken Cal earlier, who said, "Take your large sample sizes." So let's talk half a season, Mike. Let's talk the mid-season grades. I don't want to go too in depth on this because I just will ask everybody to check it out on uh, bodpodcast.com/slash Red Wings Rant. It is our uh, uh, first ever mid-season grades, and uh, I think last year, Mike, we we did a bad job. We just uh, talked about somebody else's mid-season grades. So. Uh, I said we should probably do it ourselves because we are a blog and podcast network technically. So here we are. Yeah. Mike, uh, anything you said you read it this morning, uh, you let me know there's a ton of typos. So anybody listening to this, by the time uh, you're listening to this Monday morning, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna give this the old, uh, you know, workaround and there'll be a mid-season grade 2.0. It's just, uh, I do apologize for anybody that went in and read it because, uh, shoot, you know, uh, one person got a baby and, uh, I got a pregnant wife at home. So it kind of just turns into, you know, just, the day, the day escapes you quicker than it ever has. Uh, but Mike, uh, like I said, uh, anything pop out to you as you scroll through these, uh, mid-season grades or, Big surprises, things you they, that you think uh, I should retool. Well, I uh, if there if there's two things I like, it's articles about trades and free agency. Um, the other thing is reading grades. Give me grades. I want to know letter grades for my players. Um, so I've read quite a few of these articles, and, and uh, some of the the national folks have have really been generous with the grades, <laughs> giving out quite a few B pluses and Bs. Um, with these players. And, um, I feel like you, you and I, uh, probably score our scores would be aligned a little bit more. Um, not necessarily critical, but it's just like, how can you give a passing grade when, you know, this is another, not his, not quite as historically bad as last season, but still, you know, pretty rough. Um, you know, Bobby Ryan should obviously be at the top for the forwards, um, Larkin, uh, for his efforts. Um, the one spot where contextually, if you're going to combine like, uh, you know, statistics, contribution to the team, um, and then again, that context of what's going on around you, it kind of feels like Bernier's grade was a little low. Um, anything below an A++ for that guy at this point. <laughs> Not just as, you know, um, a few of the Red Wings have been, you know, um, making mention that our best player has been Bernier. Um it's so obvious, you know, watching, watching game by game, um, you know, the, the rebounds, this guy limits, um, the shots that he sees and saves, um, even in that, that lightning game, he gave up, you know, he gave up, uh, what, four games in that, in that last one, we had four goals, but it still felt like it should have been nine or 10, uh, because that team is so right. talented. And there was quite a few opportunities where you were just like, your eyes were bugging out of your head. Like, Wow. We really, uh, we really had four guys looking at the puck and nobody paying attention to the guys on the other side of the ice for poor Bernier, leaving them out to dry. Um, so I just mean knowing that he's kind of had, uh, we'll call it, we'll use the word adventure. Well, he had an adventure as far as defensively what's going on in front of him. 
uh, we've seen a, a mortal man, and I'm talking about you, Thomas Grice, uh, try to put up, uh, <laughs> try to put up solid numbers. We've seen uh, we've seen great men fall from grace, right? We've seen Jimmy Howard fall from grace. He had to retire uh, because of the defenseman in front of him. We've seen Thomas Grice, who's statistically uh, the whiskey, the whiskey man himself, who's just been getting better with age, suddenly plays behind the Red Wing defense, and his career looks like it's over. Um, and then you look at Bernier, who. <laughs> with the exact same cast of characters in front of him um, is still putting out an outstanding performance um, and is a guy that other teams would want to trade for to lean on to win playoff games. So, I mean, watching watching the Redwood team essentially put, you know, two goalies uh, on the retirement list, Matt, it's an incredible feat. Um, and Bernier saying, not me. <laughs> I think that for sure is worthy of an A+. Um Matt, you're 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 back. Uh, you're you're yeah. you're repost, if you will. I, and I I think to your point, like with how many bad things are around them, I think we we forget like to take a look at how he compares across the rest of the league. Uh, obviously, that nine ten save percentage isn't uh, going to win anybody a Stanley Cup, and and the three point zero two goals against, which is. Um, you know, went up a, a little bit, uh, which I, that's, those aren't the important numbers, but neither one of those are going to get you a Vesna. But what I took a look at was the actual, uh, like it's, it's the uh, goal saved uh, above expected. And I actually <laughs> called it something different, but um, it, I, I did it per 60, right? So I'm, I'm measuring, um, oh, I lost Mike there, but uh, while I'm making my point and hopefully Mike returns, uh, we're taking a look. From March 11th, he, he sat at 29th place in the league. Um, oh, there's Mike. I can bring him back in. See, it was, it was Mike. Mike got kicked. It was Mike's internet. I, I knew it. <laughs> um, so he he sits at 29th in the league of goals saved above expected on March 11th. Obviously, that, that came up a little bit in that Tampa Bay game. And that's measuring like what the expected goals should be and what he's actually given up. So that does take into consideration the bad defense in front of them. So when you're at that point, like I, I totally get like no analytic, no statistic is perfect. And Jonathan Bernier is having an amazing season uh, for how bad this team is. But I, I, I still am. I'm, if I'm going to take the hard analytics and judge everyone else on it, I've got to do it to Bernier. So he's having a great season and a B minus does not mean he's having a bad season. Uh, it's just, he's having a, you know, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> like, um, if, if, that, if the deep analytics made the judgment call, like if, if the one stat that we use that we, we think is doing a good job of, of defining who the best goaltenders in the league are. And Mike, if you take a look at that statistic, number one and two are Marc-Andre Fleury and Andre Vasilevsky, who everybody right now is in agreement are the top two goaltenders in the league so if Bernier's in the middle he gets he gets a b or a b minus so it's it's just one of those things where he he does stand out on this team as you can see even the grades he's he's at the top five players graded on this team but um yeah i just i think i just wanted to be as honest as possible i think it would just be too much eyeball test if i just said a plus and that's where i want to make sure everybody's graded the same Boom. Gotcha. Roasted. No, <laughs> I know you missed half of the explanation, but um, that's uh, everybody. I mean, you could you could see where my argument uh, is on, on BODpodcast.com. So anybody who wants to take a look, that's that's where it is. And I, and I threw out there, too, like um, in the, the final statement, um, like I, I got tired of trying to find an analytic is basically what I was saying. I, I got tired of trying to find an analytic that said Bernier is having an amazing season. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and enjoy that. He is the thing, like the shining light uh, between the two goaltenders, anything on our defensive side, he is doing an amazing job. And I, I'm not taking anything away, but. Uh, uh, you know, we yeah, just I was... have to take a look at the, as you put it, the deep cut analytics. Um, go for it. Yeah, the other, uh, yeah, I'll just do, uh, you know, uh, I guess a forward and a defenseman too. Just, uh, you know, really want to talk about, you know, Bobby Ryan. I think that was probably the most on-the-nose score. Um, 
he just comes in, he's making a million bucks. Literally, he's making one million. <laughs> and he's, you know, been our, our best point producer. Um, so he should obviously be recognized for that. Um, he's probably going to get recognized uh, when we see his name moved uh, going across the the feed on, uh, you know, NHL.com and ESPN.com uh, that he's been traded to somebody who's going to use him in a playoff game. Um, but, yeah, his contributions, it just it's felt. Um, you know, his positive energy, even in uh, the face of all this uh, <laughs> just animosity. And it's like you, you wish that he was having this comeback story on a good team. Uh, so I kind of feel bad that he'd probably right. be talked about a little bit more in the national light if he was, you know, playing on, you know, a Canadian team, maybe, um, you know, or a team that's actually got some wins. You know, if he was like a, a third liner, a fourth liner in Tampa Bay, <laughs> something like that. Um, instead of being, you know, the best Red Wing. Yeah. Um, and if he's out for a game, like uh, the, the whole offense just shuts down. Um, and for a 33-year-old, that's, that's pretty impressive for him to be our, our best goal scorer. Uh, but yeah, his, uh, I understand if uh, Iserman's getting, you know, we're going to give you a second round pick for an expiring deal. Additionally, if you, um, you know, try to keep him, I got to think he's going to, you know, say, look at this resume. Um, this isn't a, a one-off comeback story. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, be a presence in this league. Um, you know, that's why you could almost make the case, well, you know, maybe we could ballpark. What kind of number are you talking about here in your age 34, 35, 36 season? Um, you know, whether or not the Red Wings would, you know, at least probably have to double that million a year uh, to keep him aboard, even as he goes into his mid-30s. So I think that's a kind of an interesting discussion. Um, because while the Red Wings, you know, have been sitting on these, you know, we talked about veterans at the end, kids who are still at the beginning. Um, this would be a really interesting discussion, I think, for Iserman to be like, do you want to be here to kind of help, um, you know, mold these young minds? Because we can see what a positive influence your voices and your hockey skills are. This would, for me, be the hardest, uh, you know, one of the harder moves uh, for Steve. Um because I think you could get value, but I think there is value in keeping them around. Um, Matt, give me a repost on that. Um, what? As far as the value of you know trading them when you get a second or a third round pick, or you try to see what it would cost to re-sign them, because you know you can you can feel his presence on the ice and in the locker room. Oh, uh, you know what? It's funny. As I, I had another thought in my head, and then I was thinking how I wanted to throw that into what you were saying. But I guess th this should answer it. Um, I wanted to come back to Bobby Ryan at the beginning of the season saying he trusts Steve Eiserman. And I I think when you and I first talked about that statement, I think it was about like Bobby getting put in the best situation possible by the end of the season. And that that's something where if – Bobby's on the trade block. Eiserman's not going to sit there and go, well, I'm not getting enough for this uh, forward who's producing well. I, I think it's more about Eiserman's was probably promising, look, I'm going to move you and we're going to put you in a better situation by the end of this. This will just be an opportunity for you to shine uh, and, and get noticed so you can head on over to a, a Stanley Cup contender. Um, I, I, I guess point being we'll know exactly what Bobby Ryan meant when he says, I trust Steve Eiserman. Uh, uh, once the trade deadline rolls past, right. Then we'll, then we'll know, we'll, we'll know what, what that all meant. If it means that he trusts Steve Eiserman to build a winner, then Bobby will still be here. And if it meant that Bobby knew Steve would do right by Bobby and his age and his career, we'll, we'll know that too. Uh, but th those are probably the two options, right. That we're going to, we're going to be looking at unless Bobby just go, yeah. you know, we lose another 10 games and he says, I would retire. Like that's, that's the third option, but I, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, and now that I'm, what's funny is I'm, I'm sort of second guessing the Bernier grade because I focus so much on the financials for Bobby Ryan and so many other guys that uh, yeah. I didn't really take that into consideration for the goaltenders. Yeah. And uh, the we're not really breaking the bank on a Bernier. I mean, uh, I think the last point for Bobby is um, 
like the likelihood of him getting traded is we know that the pandemic besides you know making it a real grind for the players you know kind of juggling in and out of the lineup having to get games canceled things like that uh the salary cap uh has had a hard time going up um so a lot of teams are right on the cusp of uh you know being over which you know yeah you know the nhl has the hard cap rule um so i think that financial reason is probably the strongest argument for Bobby to get moved for teams that are on the cusp of either, you know, being in that uh, kind of bubble play in um, actually being a top seed for the playoffs. If you want to get a cheap, affordable acquisition and you know, you have a team that all they care about is draft picks at this point, it could actually turn into a bidding war for Bobby Ryan. So I think that's, that's probably a pretty uh, interesting thing to keep track of here as we get closer to the deadline. Yeah, and we were talking too before the show started. Like, are, are the if the Tampa Bay Lightning wanted to bring back uh, Kucherov early, and that that was something that was going around online, um, they'd have to make space for him. And that that's right. something where you get in a conversation with the Lightning and go, "Look, um, I've got a winger here that you can, you know, you go one for one, maybe a draft pick, and then you have the cheaper winger. We'll take on the higher salary because we've got the space." Um, that that I. That, that's something to keep in mind too. We, we keep, I keep throwing in draft picks, but I, I forget that with the Bobby Ryan contract being so low, it might just be something where you could trade serviceable guys. One's just getting maybe paid a little bit more and the Red Wings will be able to take that contract on. And, and like I said, specifically with the lightning, they might look to make some more space uh, if they want to bring Kucherov back before the playoffs. Um, all right. And um, I don't, I don't know. We, we're really going long here, but uh, did you, you want to touch on a defenseman as well? No, I uh, just, you know, you, you wax poetically about Troy Stetcher, um, you know, for good reason. Um, we've talked about Steve bringing in uh, defensive defensemen. Um, and a lot of the times what that means is this guy's going to bring zero to the table uh, goal scoring wise. So sometimes you're a defensive defenseman because uh, we're trying to justify you being on the team. But um, that's not the case here. Uh, you know, this guy's. Um, you know, I'll let you touch on because you did a lot more of the research for Troy, but you know, it, it eyeball test, you know, it's there. It's such a, a positive impact. He's, he's, he's made a uh, Mark Stahl palatable, um, at times, which I, I don't think we, we ever foresaw. Um, he's made Stahl so palatable, Matt, that he could potentially be on the trading block. Um, so Iserman might get a draft pick to acquire him and he might get another draft pick to get rid of him. So as far as Troy Stetcher's value is to this team, um, I think B-plus is a little low, Matt. If he somehow turns Mark Stahl into multiple draft picks and multiple transactions, uh, that might be an unprecedented move as we look at the uh, history of a GM in this league. Um, Troy Stetcher, <laughs> like Iserman owes that guy a contract extension at a steak dinner. Uh, so bravo to Stetcher, Matt. Yeah, I... I the main focus here was that he he's doing pretty good at points per 60 for, uh, you know, in regards to a defenseman, but he's doing so great from an expected goals against perspective. And I, I put it in there that he's sixth in the league among all defensemen and expected goals against. And uh, I, I threw in there, you know, the name Cal McCars is who you can measure him. That That's that should be the measuring stick, I, I think, right now for all defensemen in the league, especially uh, like a well-rounded one. I think we see uh, with Hughes over in Vancouver that defensive yeah. abilities seem to be uh, lap lapsing. Uh, lap lap why does lapsing not feel like a word right now? I think uh, I'm just too tired. All right, uh, but yeah, that like that's where whatever Stetcher was bringing to the table offensively was was like a cherry on top because he he would just stifle whatever was going out there. And, and you're right. Like he also has to drag Mark Stahl around. And I threw out there, if you're looking at all defensive pairings, which there's 26 different defensive pairings, 10 of those pairings uh, were on the positive side of expected goal percentage. So that's where the expected goals you're throwing uh, or bringing to the ice and the expected goals that are going against you. He has the positive side of that uh, for of the 10 pairings, and again, 10 out of 26 are above 50%. He has 40% of those pairings. And those are all of the pairings that he's been a part of. And then I, I had to throw in there, DeKaiser Merrill and Mark Stoller are, are how those have all lined up. 
And we've seen DeKaiser and Merrill struggle as well. And Mark Stahl's completely fallen off the map uh, before Stetcher came back in the last game and scored our first goal of the game. So everything just seems to be, you know, pointing in Stetcher's direction. And, um, yeah, it just uh, – this is this is something for for Red Wings fans. Like, we are looking for the Sveshnikov things to get us excited. I think uh, Stetcher's – it just – it stinks, right? Because we when Stetcher came in – the first part of the conversation was um, the expansion draft. And this is a guy you could expose and keep other Red Wing prospects safe. And I just, at this point, I, I'm I'm letting, I'm exposing everyone else. And I want to keep Stetcher safe because he's doing such a great job. And and when we picked him up as um, uh, uh, through the waiver wire, like I, I remember seeing everybody's uh, thoughts from, you know, especially from Vancouver for just like, no, like this is something to them that was too exciting. And, uh, you know, Iserman made again, another fantastic move. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I challenge everyone to go check it out. Um, again, and by the time you're listening to this, uh, all those typos be gone. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at just Stetcher's section right now, and I apologize again. I shouldn't be doing this because uh, I should be upsell or like trying to sell the website. But I even spelled Stetcher's name wrong, like at the bottom here. Uh, so all of those, uh, I, I promise the 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 editing, our, our lead editor will will take a look, uh, which is myself. Uh, so I'm gonna go through this uh, ten thousand word document and fix uh, it up here. Uh, but, Mike, I think uh, we've exhausted ourselves, including uh, all of our discussion topics for today, um, which, again, as, as we like to throw out there, means that Scott Wheeler's prospect prospect pool gets pushed back another week. Uh, so maybe we'll get to talk about it next week. Probably not. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody, check us out. Uh, BODpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. There's a shop page right on the homepage. You just click the shop page down at the bottom. It'll get you to check out all these cool things like our uh, – Brothers of Discussion mug Boop. Uh, for anybody who's interested. And uh, we've got our Red Wings rant sweatshirts and t-shirts. You guys, yep, Mike's got the Red Wings rant the sweatshirt right there. Oh, I should blow that up. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> now it's just you, Mike. Oh, oh, no, I switched back. Hey. All right. All right. All right, thanks. What? Oh, it just... Showing up. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, go to at Hockey and uh, brothers underscore of underscore discussion on uh, Instagram at Ho- Hockey's Twitter. Um, man, I really feel tired right now. I, I'm barely remembering what our website is. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. Sorry this is such a scramble at the end. Uh, hope you enjoy it and check out those midseason grades on podcast.com slash Red Wings Rant. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs>